Live from Western Kentucky University, capital of the Hilltopper Nation. Whether it's in the locker room or on the field, behind the clipboard or on the court, home or away, we've got you covered. Get ready to enter the Red Zone, your destination for all things sports, right here on Revolution 91.7. Down go the Army Black Knights, and down go myself in our pickup standings because <laughs> I had a awful... A lot of close games, there but was. all of them did not fall my the way. The one that hurt my feelings the most was Washington State. That that was a tough that, one. That hurt my feelings a whole The a game lot. that I got wrong this week was Western Kentucky and Army. That was the only one I got wrong. I'm ashamed. Oh, you went 9-1? I went 9-1. Wow, so did Caden, though. Caden went 9-1, too. Wow. Really uh, John, I'm so sorry, my dude. I feel really bad for you. Uh, you're listening to Red <laughs> Zone well, that's Radio. That's you get for not picking the that's, top. Yeah, exactly. So. That's exactly yeah, what that's I right. You're listening to Red Zone Radio on Revolution 91.7. Matthew Hargrove here with Tory Bowling, John Alden. Caden Gaylord is our producer today, filling in for Harrison Valk. Ryan Gooden and Patrick Carey are also with us. So, guys, let's get into it. Western Kentucky pulling off the upset with a 17-8 win over the Black Knights. A defensive-dominated game. A lot like the storyline, this game was a lot like the storyline of the past two games where WKU's defense has just been amazing, and then Ty Story is doing just enough to get the Hilltoppers over the hump. Taking a look at some of the stats from yesterday's game, Ty Story, 21 for 30, 140 passing yards, 17 carries, 62 rushing yards, ran the ball uh, really well yesterday for him. Two rushing touchdowns. QB sneak god. I saw that on uh, Barstool uh, Western Barstool <laughs> Western's Twitter account. Thought that was pretty funny. Gage Walker just continues to get it done. Twenty-five carries, hundred and thirty-two rushing yards. Just insane. And then you got on the Army side, quarterback Kelvin Hopkins Jr. It, it still is weird reading a QB stat line that looks like this. Five for twelve, seventy-one passing oh, yards, my. eight carries, thirty-one rushing yards. One pa passing touchdown. Army just couldn't get anything going uh, yesterday. So, guys, how big of a win was this for the Tops? Well, I'd say, first of all, nobody in the major media, and we, we don't count as major media at all, I would say, nobody in the major media picked WKU to win this game. Nobody thinks that a mid-major team, especially one that's kind of in a rebuilding mode, is going to take on a triple option offense and completely shut them down the way that WKU wanted to, and that's exactly what they did. They came away with a victory. I think WKU football has their identity this season, and it's their defense, and I think they're going to be able to ride that all the way to the end of the season. Well, talk, sorry, Tori. Uh, talking about that defense, this was the lowest amount of total yards Army has gotten in a single game wow. this entire year, and they played Michigan. Top 25 Michigan Wolverines. So that, again, says a lot about this WKU defense. Yeah, and just the complete turnaround. I think the defense is a story, obviously. You know, giving up eight points to an Army team that the week before had, what, like 30-something, yeah, I believe, with yeah, Tulane they, or something they, they like that. They went off against Tulane even though it was in a loss. They scored 33 points on Tulane. Dang. And so, you know, the defense is a story. I mean, this is the complete turnaround after giving up 38 points to Louisville, and then just two weeks before that, giving up 35 to Central Arkansas. I mean, the, just imagine this WKU defense giving up 35 to Central Arkansas, and then just a few weeks later, 
getting that much better and only giving up eight to Army, a team who had been playing really well on offense all year. Yeah, this WKU defense is ranked second right now in Conference USA in total defense. Uh, I don't get how they're not first. Who's ahead of them? It is uh, UAB. Wow. And they got a win against them. Yeah, so they already beat UAB. Yeah. Uh, Second in pass defense, second in rushing. And, Tori, you have mentioned this, that the Western – the 2019 Western Kentucky Hilltoppers resembled a certain NFL team yeah. in the Chicago Bears. I definitely stand by that. Like the, the Bears' mantra is play defense and Mitchell Trubisky or Chase Daniel, just don't screw it up. Just be good enough, which I don't think Trubisky is, but like just be good <laughs> enough. And they and Ty Story has been just that. Like he has been just good enough to not turn the ball over, like you said, the uh, first uh, first game of the season where WKU didn't turn the ball over, and let that defense ride you to victories, and that recipe for success is definitely cooking right now. So, yeah, and go so ahead. go ahead, John. Go ahead. Say there's not many games you're going to lose when you don't turn the ball over is all I was going to say. Yeah, and like I just said, second in Conference USA in, in total defense, but they're 10th in Conference USA in total offense. Now, I will say – I had some – I was confused about a couple play calls from Tyson Helton. In the second quarter, I believe, it was 7 to nothing. Offense obviously is struggling to get on the board, getting points. It was 4th and 6 at the Army 27-yard line, definitely in field goal range, but he went for it. Oh. And I just feel like – if if you know that your offense is struggling and you're in field goal range, you're at the point where you have to give, you have to go for everything that's just given to you. You can't be an aggressive offensive team because you don't have a quarterback who can go get you a fourth and six, a clutch fourth and six throw. Especially with Munson uh, kicking because I feel like he's been really good this mm-hmm. year. And like you said, like you know, you're already up seven nothing, and the opportunity just to go up two possessions, I think, is you know obviously obvious enough for me to kick the field goal, mm-hmm. and so I agree that was kind of a questionable decision, but it ends up working out in the end, and maybe it's just because he trusts his defense so much at this point. Yeah, and that's something that as a first year head coach, if you can do that and they're pulling through, you're definitely doing something right. I would say. Like I like aggressive play, but like I like smart aggressive. He play. had to have. I think he probably knew the rational decision was probably to just kick the field goal, but he had to be feeling something, just in that extra motivation, something that maybe like, I just feel like we can get that first down. I'm sure nobody else was really thinking that it mattered that he thought he can get that first down. We just wanted the points, but sometimes I'm sure in certain situations you just had that gut feeling and he went with that gut feeling and unfortunately didn't work out, but they still got the win in the end. So Yeah, definitely, but I just feel like in the future, if they keep trying – that sort of stuff, it's just not going to work. I think it's good, though, that if they're going to do it on anyone, do it on Army, do it on a non-conference opponent to see if you can get some confidence That's going. Fair. It would have been better if they – or it, it's better that they did it now than screwed it up in a conference game and have it bite them in the butt for a loss. Yeah, now, when you're talking about going bowling, it looks a heck of a lot better oh, yeah. with an Army win, but – and it, it still looks good. This gives you confidence for Western potentially winning the the conference. But I got to ask you guys, what team do you see as the biggest threat to WKU's championship hopes? 
I know last week you said FAU, and I agree with that because FAU has the ability to put points on the board, and they haven't really faced an offense that can can score like that other than Louisville and I guess Central Arkansas if you want to include them in that category. So if, if WKU is able to get to that point to where they're like, all right, it's coming down to this FAU game, then we'll have to see what they're really made of in terms of are they really the best of the best in the CUSA. Yeah, I agree with FAU. I'd also throw in Southern Miss in there because WKU has to go to Southern Miss. Mm. Um, just overall, I know they're not in our division, but just overall for the conference, I feel like that'll be a tough one to pull out. You get FAU at home. Uh, Marshall, I feel pretty good about Charlotte. Just you know, I think there's a lot of winnable games now that we've already seen what WKU is capable of. I think there's a lot of winnable games. The only one that I'm kind of hesitant about is Southern Miss because they're playing pretty good football right now. Big time win indeed for the tops against Army. I mean, just nobody saw it coming. I'm pretty sure when we were talking about it, we we predicted Army to put up. 40 points or, or 50 points, something I, like that. I don't know if I'd say we. I think I want to call out uh, Mr. Ryan Gooden over there that uh, said that the Army would score 42 in a big victory. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll back I'll back Ryan up. I'm pretty sure I I uh, thought this was going to be a blow. No, I, I did I say if time. Army was going to win, they were going to need to score a lot of points because of the defense and that WKU wouldn't have a chance at that point. And I said if Western was going to win, it was going to be slow, grind it out, and that's exactly what it was. Well, so Tyson Hilton had a great game plan going on this because – they, he was basically shut them out until the fourth quarter. Yeah. And it was like basically, you know, crunch time. Not crunch time, but um, they were giving away points at that point because they were already they already had the win. So it was basically 17-0 yeah. for the win. And, like, you know, WKU's defense, you know, we keep saying only eight points per game the last three games. I mean, that's just ridiculous. You can win a lot of – you can win a lot of football games playing that way. Um, you know, I think Charlotte's kind of a win this weekend. And then after that – you only got to win one more to go bowling. And I think that's huge for this program, especially first-year Tyson Hilton. I just think that's a huge step forward for this program that's really been frustrating over the last two years. Well, we're going to uh, preview that Charlotte game when we come back. You're listening to Red Zone Radio on Revolution 91.7. Talking all things Tapper Sports, you're listening to Red Zone on Revolution 91.7. Red Zone Radio on Revolution 91.7. Matthew Hargrove, Tory Bowling, John Alden, producer Ga- Caden Gaylord, as well with Ryan Gooden and Patrick Carrig. Guys, I have a feeling that Tyson Helton is going to be practicing with the defense like he did last week because Charlotte has got an absolute bull running for them. Benny LeMegg. Let me read. Uh, let me read a little bit. Benny's of a pretty good name for a running back. Benny the Bull. I w- I would say so. I know. I know you and Patrick and Caden yeah. know so. A little Benny Snell. A little Benny Snell action. Hey, you know that too. He's a backup tonight for your Steelers. Yeah, he is. I mean, he doesn't get uh, many attempts, but no, uh, but Jalen Samuels is out, so yeah, right. may see a little bit. And maybe maybe a small little rushing touchdown near the goal line. The only run he's had this year has been like a twenty-seven yard run. Yeah, that is true. Got to be good things coming. Uh Oh, a lot of potential. Benny LeMay, though, averaging 103.7 yards per game on the ground, which ranks first in Conference USA. But that has really been the only highlight for this 49ers squad. They come in at 2-4, 0-2 in the conference. They have two games. They've had two games this season against top 25 teams. Once against Appalachian State. 
who just entered the top 25 this week. Are they undefeated? At 24. I'm not sure. I'll okay. have to look that I see, up. I feel like a team like that would have to be undefeated to be in the top 25. Definitely. They lost that game 56-41, and then they had to play the Clemson Tigers. 52-10. to Uh Close game there with, with the number one seed, not at all. And uh, two Conference USA opponents that they have faced, FAU 45-27 they lost, and FIU 48-23 they lost, obviously. They rank seventh in Conference USA in total offense, 2,444, or 2,449 yards, tenth in the past, and like I said, LeMay first in rushing. The defense is 11th, but they know how to stop the pass. They rank fourth in Conference USA in, in defense against the pass, and then against the rush, they're 13th. So, so it seems like Gage Walker's finna have a, a day on his hands if he's ready for it. He may, and and that's what maybe the tops are just gonna have to rely. They're just gonna have to rely on him again. So, I gotta ask you guys though: Do you think the Western defense will be able to contain Benny Lemag? I mean, I don't see why not. I mean, they'd be able to contain everybody in this three-game win streak thus far. Um, you know, I just think that front seven's playing with a lot of confidence right now, and. Uh, especially with uh, with Charlotte's quarterback not being much of a much of a threat to throw, uh, he's only averaging 158 yards a game. Uh, Chris Reynolds, um, I think with that in mind, I think Benny LeMay will be their focal point. And up to this point in this whole three game wing streak, the focal point has been the WKU strength right now. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I think that's really all they're going to have to focus on in order to be successful. Because I feel like if they can shut down LeMay, the rest kind of sorts itself out. I don't think Chris Reynolds is going to be much. Of, did you say his name, Chris Reynolds? Yeah, Chris okay. Reynolds. I don't think he's going to be much of a threat. So I think we're going to see another similar uh, situation with. With the Gage Walker taking over the game for WK. Yeah, with uh, Charlotte ranked 13th in the conference and uh, and guarding the run, you've got to assume that Gage Walker, I mean, this man, it's just crazy to see this from a Western Kentucky Hilltopper fan because during the Mike Sanford era, you were lucky to just get 50 yards out of a single running back for the entire for the for the entire game, and now Gage Walker, I feel like we're kind of getting greedy, but we're upset if he's only getting seventy five. But again, Charlotte fourth against the pass. So, do you guys see it kind of being like it has been the past couple weeks? Ty Story's just got to do enough mm-hmm. and really rely on Gage Walker. Probably having to get another 100-yard rushing game. Yeah, I mean, the fact that they're pretty good against the pass isn't necessarily – that doesn't scare me a whole lot because WKU under um, Ty Story hasn't really been relying on the pass. I mean, he's not thrown for 200 yards yet in these three wins. So that's not really WKU's strength. The strength of this team is managing the ball, run the football, control the clock, and let your defense get stops for you. So Duh, tops. Yeah, so that, <laughs> that, does, that doesn't really uh, scare me a whole lot. But if they shut down Gage Walker – and Ty Soros makes some big plays, is he up to the challenge? See, that's, that's what we haven't found out, and that's kind of scary to know that you don't really know if your running back's not playing well, if your quarterback is up to the challenge mm-hmm. and can get you 300 passing yards, can get you in the 30s and, and throw two or three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a scary position to be in, but that game, 3 o'clock on Saturday, homecoming game. So, happy homecoming week, Yeah, guys. happy homecoming, Have, guys. Happy homecoming week. Caden. So WKU volleyball, I mean nineteen and one. 
today. A, a school record. Tell us tell us what's been going on. So they, they set records and they broke records this weekend. So the first game was against – can you not hear me? Hello? Yeah, we can hear you now. Uh, my bad. We, we can hear you now. Mike was a little low. Continue, though. Uh, first game was against FAU, who had the second longest home streak uh, in the country at 21 games. That They broke that. Uh, they won 3-1. And then on today they played FIU, who had the sixth longest win streak, well tied for the sixth longest uh, win streak in the country at 14. They won 3-0, which was their I believe 13th sweep of the season. That's just insane. Which also leads the nation. So they're now 19-1, the best starting program history. Dang. So it's just it's just been crazy to see what this team has been able to do this season. Uh, this week they play Middle Tennessee on Friday at six, who they've already beaten this season 3-1 earlier. Uh, last week, I think, last week or two weeks ago, at the beginning of October. And then on Sunday, they play UTSA. So, to me, I see them extending the streak to 21 and 1. I don't, I don't really see the streak ending until they play Rice. I, that, that I just, be, that'll be a great Are you game. set that it's going to end at Rice, or do you think they have a chance to beat Rice? Um, ask me when it gets closer. To, to <laughs> me, but, the only other game where I can see it is bef- the game right before Rice, which is North Texas. North Texas. You so may, got a good, maybe. tough little stretch right there then. So, yeah, but, hey, they're rolling right now, man. It's crazy. Yeah, it's uh, it's impressive. I'll, I'll be honest, though, I'm I'm not surprised. I just really am not with Travis Hudson yeah, leading Matt, the way. Matthew's a big Travis Hudson guy. Travis Hudson's the GOAT. The GOAT of Western Kentucky sports. Travis Hudson in the run game. That's, that's your, Abs- that's absolutely. <laughs> Those are the two things I harp on. WKU soccer, they're doing well also. Uh, they're eight, four, and one now. Four and two in the conference. They got wins on the road this week against UTEP. They won that game one nothing, and then they beat FIU three to one. Now they got a very tough week ahead of them. Right now they're sitting fifth in conference USA, and they're going to play at North Texas, who's nine and four, four and one in the conference. They're first in conference USA right now, and they're just. Def- they're the defending champs. And then they play at Rice on Sunday. Rice is 6-4-2, and 3-0-2 and and in conference play, and fourth in Conference USA. So playing the first-place team and the fourth-place team, difficult week ahead for the Lady Tops indeed. When we come back, we're going to get into some college football talk. You're listening to Red Zone Radio on Revolution 91.7. Keeping you up to date on Western Kentucky sports, you're in the red zone right here on Revolution 91.7. Red Zone Radio, Revolution 91.7, Matthew Hargo, John Alden, Tori Bowling, our reporters, Patrick Carey, Ryan Good, and our producer, filling in for Harrison Balk tonight, Caden Gaylord. So at the beginning of the show... I said, down goes the Army Black Knights. Well, there was some magic all across the country, not just in Bowling Green, for some upsets. My family, my brother goes to Mississippi State, so my family took a trip to Neyland Stadium. There was an upset there. The Vols, I wouldn't say it's a big upset, yeah, but not, it's an upset. Yeah, I mean, uh, Tennessee winning a SEC game, I mean, that's certainly something <laughs> to note. That's uh, surprising yeah. for this year. But the real magic happened down in Athens, Georgia. The number three Bulldogs getting beat by the South Carolina Gamecocks, 20-17. to 17. Jake Fromm just did not have it. 28 for 51, 54.9 completion percentage, 295 passing yards, one passing touchdown, three picks. Ryan Holinsky was playing 
pretty well. South Carolina, they looked a little bit like the tops. Ryan Holinsky was just doing enough, and the defense was was playing outstanding. Holinsky, 15 for 20 until he got hurt in the third quarter with a knee injury. 15 for 20, 116 passing yards, one passing touchdown. So, guys, your thoughts on the upset? Um, I think this says a lot about Georgia. Um, I think, you know, last week they kind of struggled with Tennessee in the first half until they pulled away. And now they lose to South Carolina with as stacked as college football is right now. I just don't see any way, unless they beat um, Alabama in the SEC championship game, I just don't really see a path that they make it the college football playoff anymore. Not at all. And this was a heart, just huge heartbreaker because not the loss. I mean, that already makes it a heartbreaker, but it was just the way they lost. Yeah. First overtime, Parker White. South Carolina Gamecocks kicker missed a 33-yard field goal to win the game. Well, like not only that, would like they didn't Georgia the interception that they got, like it was right off the receiver's hands. Literally, like it was a perfect pass, and we just skipped right off. And like credit to South Carolina, like I didn't think there was any way they were winning that game after that missed field goal. Because like who comes back for something like that? You know, you come this close and then you miss your shot. I just didn't think there was any way they would yeah. that. Yeah, and then it finished off. Parker White got another chance, made a 24-yard field big, goal. Which is big, because they, they were thinking about going, like, um, they went for it on fourth down, South Carolina did. It was, like, fourth and, like, six, and they ran it. Went like, and I was like, you know what? That's not necessarily bad, because, like, your kicker's over there. He just missed a game-winning field goal. Definitely, and, like, from 33 yards. Yeah, and then they go to him again. My heartbreaker is Goggles. Oh, Yeah. Goggles is the man. I, I, I just can't believe Rodrigo Blankenship. Yeah, I mean, he, he's the he best is one of the best kickers in the country. He's the best kicker in the world, Matthew. You, I, I just don't I mean, know. he's, yeah. <laughs> I, I, forgive me. I, I feel bad now yeah, for saying that. Uh, Goggles, he's so good and so clutch. And, like, I can't believe he just let me down like that. Yeah, it, uh, you're right, Tori. There's just, I don't see any way that Georgia, unless something crazy happens, Alabama and LSU lose, lose just. Insane games. It, it just thing, won't All happen. it takes is another SEC team to get one loss. Or the other two, I guess, to get one loss. Easier said than done. It I is mean, easier said than done, but at this it's point, I think, you know, you know, y'all can say what you want, but like I think now the college football playoff landscape is looking like the winner between Alabama and LSU, assuming they win the SEC championship. Yeah. Uh Oklahoma, they look to be pretty safe. I mean, they don't have that tough of a schedule in, uh to come up. Um, Clemson, obviously, you know they don't have a tough schedule either, and then probably Ohio State so or like, Wisconsin. I'm not, I'm not yeah. counting Wisconsin yeah, you're out, out at all. You're out. Now or, the or question is, so. say Alabama goes undefeated, makes the SEC championship, Georgia wins out. They and and Florida, they Georgia ends up winning their side of the conference. Georgia beats Alabama in the SEC mm. championship. What are you going to do then? Then all hell breaks loose. Oh, I, yeah. I, I just, I Definitely. Don't, I don't know what happens then. Then a 12-1 Oregon team sneaks in. Then the, the mighty Oregon Ducks come in and steal the natty right from under <laughs> the Crimson Tide's nose. I hate to break it to you, Matthew, but the Ducks are nearing the top 10, which means it's the Pac-12. So uh, they will lose right when a Pac-12 Right when a Pac-12 team starts to get going. They will fall. They will so it, it, it makes me worried because they're playing Washington, top 25 team on the road this week. So yeah. 
wouldn't be surprised if they lost. Another big SEC matchup last uh, yesterday. Florida LSU, this game was close at halftime, 21-21, but LSU had a big-time second half, ended up winning 42-28. Joe Burrow, the man, 21 for 24, uh, 293 passing yards, 43 rushing yards, three passing touchdowns, no interceptions. Kyle Trask, not terrible, 310 passing yards, three passing touchdowns, one interception. This win moved the Tigers to second in the AP poll. It goes Alabama, LSU, and Clemson now. So, huge movement in the AP poll. So, Ohio State dropped to four. Ohio State dropped to four, Oklahoma at five. So, do you guys like that, or how do you feel about that? I think the last time uh, LSU and Alabama were ranked side-by-side, one and two, BCS National Championship, 21 nothing. Alabama won on, I think it was six field goals, or no, no, hold on, five field goals, and then a touchdown plus a mixed missed extra point. One of the weirdest national championships I have ever seen. So that's just what comes to mind when I see that poll so far. Yeah, and I'm, <laughs> I'm excited for any big Alabama-LSU matchup, so if it can be one and two, I'm all for that. Uh, Caden, do you, th- do you still think uh, Ford is trash? I know they ended up losing yes. in the end, but like I, you know, they, know they had a lead. Trash. They had a lead in the third quarter in Death Valley. I feel like that says hey, something. They lost. That's all that matters, right? This is why Harris is not here, by the way, because he's so sad that Florida lost. But <laughs> I mean, th- they were competing with an, uh, the number two team in the country uh, with a backup quarterback. I feel I like t- that says something. Their luck ran out. I told you they were the luck. luckiest luck. team wow. in America. So, so far. is South Carolina also the luckiest team in America? Do you think Florida has any chance? Of winning the SEC championship. I know that may no. sound like a stretch, but do you think there's any chance? No, I still think Georgia beats Florida whenever they play, and Georgia's going to SEC championship. I mean, I, yeah, I probably agree, but I think it's going to be a game. I mean, Georgia has not looked good over the past few weeks, and I just Jake feel Fromm like Fromm hasn't looked good over the past. No, few he's not, weeks. and so I just think that uh, I just I think that'll be a pretty good game, but. Um, I, I still I, I respect Florida now. I, I feel like you know after the beating Auburn at home, like I mean going into Death Valley and competing with a backup quarterback, that's not bad. I yeah. s- I say they're lucky because if Felipe Franks is playing right now, they're not in this position. I'm sorry, they're not going to be six and zero going into Death Valley. Do you honestly believe that Florida would be a top ten team with Felipe Franks as quarterback? Why wouldn't they? Because he's not that good. No, he's not. So I mean, you think Kyle not, Trask is better like, than like Felipe Trask. Franks? Yes, I think. If yes, I think t- Kyle Trask is the reason why they're this good so far. And with Felipe Franks, he, they just never been that great. They've always been mediocre with him. So I really feel like that's why I call them lucky. And I feel like them beating Kentucky was lucky. And yeah, so that's why. I think. Uh, I think I think you make some fair points, Caden. Last uh, last big game that we're going to talk about before we go to break. Last big game that happened yesterday: Oklahoma and Texas. I thought this was the marquee matchup of the day. <laughs> Oklahoma pulled it out, thirty-four to twenty-seven. Jalen Hurts, sixteen for twenty-eight, two hundred thirty-four passing yards, but he had a hundred and thirty-one rushing yards, three okay. passing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown, threw an interception. Sam Ellinger was. Really disappointing. 26 for 38, 210 passing yards, 23 carries, negative nine rushing yards. That's just, that's a weird stat. Now, how many is that? You're talking about Ellinger still, right? Yes. Does that include his sacks? I think they take that out, honestly. They usually separate it. I watched that game. There's no way you ran 23 times. I got got this. I'm pretty sure it counted the sacks, which I didn't understand because. Sometimes it doesn't and sometimes it does. I don't don't know. I got. This box score from ESPN. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm just curious. Yeah, no, it. I was confused by it 
as All I well. know is, is that I don't know if Texas made Oklahoma's defense look good or if Oklahoma's yeah. defense is Oklahoma's good. Oklahoma's defense, they played really well, especially because in the first half of this game. I don't know if it's that's Texas offense just not showing up. or yeah. but That's the thing. Normally, in Big 12 games, it's like 52-49, something like that. And what we have, was it 34-27, something yeah. like that? So like, and was it me, typical. or did you guys just feel like CeeDee Lamb was out there just joking around? Oh, yeah. I mean, the dude's insane. <laughs> there was one play where, like, you know, he's great and all. It just but, looks too but, easy. But, like, there were literally five guys around him. And they, they all like, missed. They, they, they didn't touch him. I was like, oh, come on, y'all. I feel like, like let's when that happen. happens to him, he just starts laughing. Yeah, like, I was just like, oh, come on, y'all. But, like. I, but is it just me, or did I think that Jalen Hurts looked a little mortal in this game because he threw it threw a pick and uh, fumbled one time on a big? It was kind of a fluky fumble. Well, but with I that mean, being said, is he still? A lot of people have him as their Heisman favorite. Is he the Heisman favorite? I would say him and Jonathan Taylor yeah. in my book. If here's the thing, if Jonathan Taylor can only get the edge if he helps Wisconsin to a victory over Ohio State. I agree. I agree with that. Joe Burrow, though, I mean, Joe Burrow, uh, yeah, you got to throw him in there, yeah, you're right. Because he he looked better against Florida than than Hertz did against Texas, in my opinion. I think it'll be a really interesting Heisman season this year. Yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be fun. Ryan's rant is coming up. You do not want to miss it. You're listening to Red Zone Radio on Revolution ninety one seven. Talking all things Tapper Sports. You're listening to Red Zone on Revolution ninety one seven. Red Zone Radio on Revolution 91.7. Matthew Hargrove, John Alden, Tory Bowling, producer Caden Gaylord. We also have our reporters Patrick Carey and Ryan Gooden with us. Speaking of Ryan Gooden, we're ready for Ryan's rant. What you got for us tonight, Mr. Gooden? It's a... Uh it's kind of a spinoff of one of my earlier rants about Lamar okay. Jackson. Because as we all remember, um, I had a rant and probably... It was week two of NFL season, right after, right after the games, and I was talking about how Lamar don't overreact to the Miami win and the Cardinals win because he he looked well and everybody was talking about MVP, blah blah blah. Since that, I do remember that. Since the Arizona Cardinals game, Lamar has been awful. I wouldn't say awful. Awful. He had a good game today. Go. He had a good game today because he against, ran the ball. Uh, he cannot as a quarterback. He against has not Patrick's zero well. six Bengals. <laughs> Yeah, twenty three to seventeen against the Bengals. <laughs> he, and I feel like he played well against the Chiefs. Uh, no. If you if you take out his running, do you Tory. is he a quarterback? No, and that's what I was about to say. Lamar Jackson is still adjusting to life in the NFL because he can't run around like a deer out there like he did with U of L. He has to sit there. and hey, be able, he kind of is, huh? He almost broke Here's the, he Kaepernick's right rush record today. Yeah, and that's fair because he's still fairly new to the NFL. Not everybody knows how he plays yet or is used to how he plays. But the more teams learn him, if he can't learn how to throw the ball, he's just going to be a one and done. And what I mean by that is, like, he'll have a decent year this year, and that could be it if they figure him out like that. He played the Steelers, who, by the way, the they won that game 26-23 when the Steelers were on their third string. Um, and he had 161 passing yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. He ran for 70 yards. That's what I'm saying, though. If you take out the running, is but, but he's not a part, quarterback. But that's a part of his game, though. You can't okay, take, why, why but take that I'm, out. I'm saying as a quarterback, which is where he needs to be, it's fine if he runs, and it, but that's not going to win you. If you put him against the Chiefs or the Patriots in the playoffs, are they winning? No. Here's what he, he's saying, that whenever, if they can shut down his run game and he can't throw the ball, he's done but it's But it's hard, to, it's hard to shut down his run game, though. 
I mean, that that's like saying, you know, if you shut down Patrick Mahomes' arm, he can't run. That's like, true. I, <laughs> but that's the difference between a quarterback and – or a, a traditional quarterback and Lamar Jackson. The, with Mahomes, you don't expect him or he's not going to run. But Lamar Jackson, that's probably his primary way in, in playing. I mean, like, yeah, yeah, he's not a perfect quarterback, but I mean, like, I feel like he's been good. Well, I'm not saying he's – but I from week one to week two – we're talking MVP yeah, you're because right, he put you're 59 right. against the Dolphins, who are, by the way, 0 and 6, or maybe 0 and 7. Now I don't even know. We count next week, I guess. And might as well be 0 and 16. And um, I just, if you, as a quarterback, he's not. I don't think he's in the league if he doesn't. If he can't run the way he can, I don't think he's in the league. And, that, and like I said, that's totally fine. That's how he got in the league. But I do agree with you. He's going to have to develop some sort of passing technique to get him to be on a more level to where he can compete on a regular weekly basis against other opponents. And it's not just Lamar. We do this with all quarterbacks. Yeah. We thought Dak, with three weeks in, was like new and improved. And oh, if dude. you've seen the last four weeks, we've we been – We should, uh, to Baker Mayfield's rookie season. Yeah, you know, I mean, duty, so. we just need a – Watch a few games before we start. Can, can we, uh, should we put out a poll? Lamar Jackson overrated or not? Should we? I would, can, I'm not going to say overrated because he's at the time he was because there was an MVP talks, but it's just overhyped, I guess. Overhyped. Let me let me Very ask overhyped. something. Would right now? Would you rather take Lamar Jackson or Baker Mayfield? Lamar, Good question. One hundred percent. Lamar. Put the poll out there though, because people will people will say Baker. Put the poll out there, Kate. I will. I'm just saying to say that. He, first off, they're four and two right now. They're first place in the AFC. Whatever. I forget which one they North. are. North. North. They they won but today the AFC, against the Bengals, twenty three seventeen. It's not like he's been bad. He's sixth in the league in QBR. He just has, but just watch the next two games. He plays the Seahawks and then he plays the Patriots. What if yeah. if he can show me that he can throw. At all, I'll I'll tone it down, but I don't see that happening. And he might run for 70, 80 yards, but he won't be able to throw the ball. They'll g- probably give him that because they know he can't throw. So, uh, Kane, you're going to put that poll up? Yes, I'm Would you rather right have now. Lamar Jackson or Baker Mayfield? I feel like people will, play, will say Lamar. Probably. Uh, here's the thing. The we tor- have a very – really if, if you flip those li- uh, the offensive lines for those teams, do you think it's any different? That's true. The, the Browns' offensive line is absolutely garbage right now. But also, like, I, I, watched, I watched some of that Browns game. Like, he's just not making the throws that, he, yeah. that he's been accustomed to. Like, Baker coming out of college is a really accurate passer, even for his size. And, like, he's just throwing behind guys. I just don't think he can see. Like, that's why he's running out <laughs> of pocket so much. Not because he's getting rushed, obviously, but – I just don't think he can see over the the six foot seven guys that are in front of him. And I don't think he's patient enough right now. I, I just like watching like he doesn't get rid of the ball quick enough, and that makes him kind of panic a little bit. So I don't know. I, he, he's just been really bad. Like, and I'm not, not one of those people that's saying he's not like he's not good. I mean, he's a second year quarterback. We need to be patient for some of these guys. Yeah, and neither one, uh, neither one of these guys, like you're saying, have had any sort of experience. But I think down the road. You want somebody like Baker Mayfield on your team because yeah, you might be right, Lamar yeah. Jackson's not going to be able to run around his whole career and make something out of it. If he can't slow down and get some sort of technique, like I was saying earlier, I would say after about five or six years in the league, he's going to wear out a little bit. Well, Baker, uh, go ahead, Ryan. I was just going to say, it's not our fault that we set these high standards for year two people because – you look at Patty Mahomes, he won an MVP his second year. Well, actually his first year, but like his second year in the league. That's just Carson rare. Wentz. His second year was going to be MVP before his tour ACL. He tore his ACL, and then Jared Goff, his second year with McVay, which is his third year overall, he goes to the Super Bowl. Like 
usually you, by year you two. You really can't say Patrick Mahomes. Another reason why it's just really rare is because he didn't take a real. He didn't start in a real NFL game until his second year. So well, you could week kind of count as you can kind of count last year as his rookie season. It's rookie yeah. and a half. Yeah, rookie and a half. Uh, Baker today, 22 for 37, 249 passing yards, one touchdown, and three interceptions in his loss to the Seahawks. Seattle won 32-28. to 28. There were a lot of really good games today. The battle of Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes went to Houston. They won 31-24. The battle of the dumpster fires, the Washington Redskins beaten up. Well, I wouldn't say beaten up. Barely able to hold on. The Redskins were winning 17-3. Dolphins made a comeback, but like I said, Washington held on, got the win, 17-16. That was such a Dolphins way to lose, too. It's 17-16. They have a chance to tie it to go to overtime, but they're like, ah, we'll tank this year. We'll go for two and miss it. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Like, hey, we don't want to win this game. We really want that number one pick. We really want two. Honestly, though. What benefit does it do to you by winning that game? Nothing. No. Because you risk not getting the number one pick. Because Washington would probably have it. <laughs> and, like, Washington, if they had number one pick, I mean, would they pick Tua? No. I mean, Haskins has been – oh, Haskins has been so bad. But look who his coach has been. Look who he's been around. He hasn't but, had I mean, anybody. We, but, listen, we saw the Cardinals go ahead and skip out on their franchise quarterback they just drafted. But here's the thing. The Dolphins have been looking for the guy for years. And for some reason, they settled on Ryan Tannehill several years ago and then gave him that ridiculous extension that didn't pan who out Who came to in anything. today for the Titans. Cause, he did. Mariota's well, and here's what's going to happen. Mariota looked off. Yeah, he did. Here's what's going to happen is that Redskins will end up winning some games – Somehow they might as well at this point. They'll win five, like towards the end of the season when they're like supposed to be really losing. Bob, <laughs> Bob, I guarantee they, they always do this. They're so bad in the beginning, and then when they're oh, like, "Oh, they're, we'll start tanking," and then they just they're they that forget bad, how though. to lose. They are that bad. I don't know if Dolphins have a better roster than Washington does. No, I think the Dolphins will be lucky to win a game, maybe two. But that's what I'm saying. But like the Dolphins will have the first pick. They'll probably get to a. I say Cincinnati gets Justin Herbert. If Dolph, if the Dolphins get the number one pick and don't take Tua or a quarterback or something, then they're then they're taking next year too to get Trevor. Yeah. <laughs> don't the Dolphins looking have... two years ahead down the road? No, I don't think they wouldn't take Tua. Or I think they 100 percent would take Tua. Excuse me. Honestly, though, this quarterback class is so deep. Yeah. I mean, you take you know you got Tua, Herbert, um, Joe Burrow coming out. Um, Jalen Jalen Hurts, Eason, like the the quarterback class is really solid, and so like any team that even if you don't get the number one pick, you know you could still end up with the best quarterback in the class somehow. Yeah, it's true. Some more uh, NFL scores from today: the Vikings, Stephon Diggs went off, helped Minnesota get a thirty-eight to twenty win. Saints won thirteen to six over the Jags. The Niners, man, is this team legit? They haven't lost a game yet, and they beat L.A. on the road twenty. To seven, Kyler Murray got a win against the Falcons today in a close one, 34-33. Think about the Patriots uh, quarterback situation a couple years ago. They had Tom Brady, Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo, G, and Jimmy Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, that was insane. And both those QBs are looking pretty good. Jacoby yeah. Brissett just coming off a win against the Kansas City Chiefs, and then Jimmy G is undefeated. Dallas Cowboys, though, Getting beat by the Jets, twenty-four to twenty-two. Sam Darnold's back. <laughs> Sam he Darnold's is. back, but I still feel like the Cowboys 
should have won that game. Oh, 100%. They're horrible. They are horrible. How do you lose to a quarterback who had mono uh, e- and was out for multiple <laughs> e- e- weeks? E- easy there, Daniel Jones. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. And yeah, we're Daniel only one Jones. game out yeah, in the first place, Dimes. so I don't want to hear it. We're only one game out, and we can still win the division. I That's think the magic from started. Saturday kind of carried over to the Sunday because there's a lot of games yeah. that should have been. Because we're finally in the heart of Any football given season. Sunday. Any the, given the Sunday. The heat finally died down. It was a solid 36 degrees this morning when I woke up. It's officially football season, fellas. It's officially football season, but – more importantly, oh, it's officially MLB postseason time. NLCS, how about them Washington Nationals beating up on the mighty, the Goliath L.A. Dodgers? Howie Kendrick with the grand slam in the 10th inning. Are you kidding me, right, Tory Bowling? We got to talk about this. I was getting ready to say, like, can we just move on? I'm ready to talk about baseball. Um, I think the story is 100% Clayton Kershaw. Now, the Nationals, I mean, good for them. They were like 20 games under 500, like so many games in. I mean, their story has been ridiculous. But, I mean, why why would Dave Roberts bring in Clayton Kershaw in a – with a two Why would lead? he keep him in after he gave up the home run to Rendon? Like, why, why is he afraid to bring in Jansen? Because Clayton Kershaw – he is the this, guy. He's the guy in L.A. It's kind of like a closer. You know how, say, the closer for the Reds comes in. Reds are winning 3-1. He walks the bases loaded. You're screaming at your TV. Why are they not taking him out? Because this is what you pay him to do to close the game so managers stick with them. The Dodgers pay Clayton Kershaw, their Cy Young Award winner, Hall of Famer to come in to big situations like this and get it done. But he chokes every single time. Clayton Kershaw is a top five pitcher in Major League Baseball history. But he, uh, he is, man. Like, regular season. Yes. Regular, regular season. season, 100%. I mean, there, there are two different seasons, uh, 100%. I mean, Kurt Schilling's best, one of the best postseason pictures, pitchers of all time. That doesn't make him that great all time. But, like... I think Dave Roberts, he said after the game that he believes in Clayton Kershaw. I don't know if I believe him. I think he wants it to happen. I don't think he believes I think happened. he believes in Kershaw more than Kershaw believes in himself at this point. Man, I felt so bad for I, him. I feel like the narrative is so much it's, – it's around him now, and it has been for years, but it, it's in his own head. Oh, like, Kershaw knows. Like, oh, yeah. Kershaw, and everyone on the field knows. That's why I just didn't agree with bringing him in and like forcing it upon Kershaw to – Deliver when we're like, it's just not there. Like, it's just not going to happen. Well, I tell you what, if Clayton Kershaw wouldn't have given up back to back home runs, then we couldn't have seen the dominant pitching performances of Audible Sanchez oh, I'm so and Max Scherzer. I hate the Cardinals so much, and I was really hoping they'd get no hit one of these games. Audible Sanchez, seven and two thirds inning pitch, seven and two thirds of no hit pitching, five Ks. One walk. Howie Kendrick went two for four that game with an RBI. I tell you what, as my phone's going off, uh, I tell you what, in the MLB postseason, when you got those guys, those not big time names coming up clutch, you know there's just something magical oh, yeah. that's about to happen. I, like I said, the regular season and postseason baseball, two literally completely different things. I mean, Tanaka is a lots out postseason pitcher. Annabelle Sanchez has a history of being a good postseason pitcher, but, like, you get a guy like Clayton Kershaw, even Scherzer. Scherzer was good in game two, but, like, you know, he hasn't been great up to this point in his postseason career. Like, it's just two different things, man. Like, it's crazy. And Sanchez and Scherzer, 
they were just better because the Cardinals starting pitching was phenomenal. Yeah, it was good. My, not they're good. Miles Michaelis, six innings pitched. Excuse me, sorry. Six innings pitched, seven strikeouts, one earned run. Adam, one earned run. Adam Wainwright, seven and a third, 11 Ks. What more can you do? Three earned runs. I have a stat for you. In games one and two of the 2013 ALCS, which was the Detroit Tigers and the Boston Red Sox, Honorable Sanchez and Max Scherzer each held the Red Sox hitless through five innings. They did the same wow. thing this week. Way to pull that out. That was nice. Yes, coming from ESPN Stats and Info. I saw that and I was like, "That's kind of crazy." You best believe I am saying something about that. But Yankees are up 1-0. I'm going to check the score as I'm reading the stats from Game One. Glaber Torres, man, three for five, double solo bomb, single, five RBIs. Masahiro Tanaka, the big question mark for the Yankees. Astros are up one nothing in the bottom of the second. Okay, Astros. One nothing, bottom of the second. The biggest question mark for the Yankees has been their starting pitching. But when you got Masahiro Tanaka going out there, six innings pitch, only allowing one hit, no earned runs, who's going to stop the Yankees yeah, if their starting pitching yeah, finds Tanaka's a, a really good postseason pitcher, and they got Paxton uh, and um, Severino going. I mean, they got a pretty decent rotation themselves. It's just that. If I'm a Yankees fan, like I'm so scared of Verlander and Cole. I mean, Cole's been ridiculous. I mean, he sh- just absolutely shut down the Rays in that game five. Um, I think the dream scenario for me in the World Series is going to be the Nationals and the Astros watching like one-on-one matchups like Scherzer versus Verlander. Strasburg and, and Cole. Yes, I mean, that's just a dream Sanchez, scenario. the way he pitches in the postseason gets Grinky. cranky. Yeah, I mean, it'd be really good. <sighs> It's not football season. No, it's, it's MLB it's postseason time. <laughs> We're going to take a break. Pickums are coming up next. You're listening to Red Zone Radio on Revolution 91.7. Keeping you up to date on Western Kentucky sports, you're in the Red Zone right here on Revolution 91.7. I get so, if you were listening to the show last segment, you probably heard my phone go off as we were talking about MLB postseason, but I know why. It was my dad calling me to tell me that our Pittsburgh Steelers have a 14 to nothing lead over the Chargers right now, and it's not even the end of the first quarter. Delvin Hodges, 4 for 5, 25 yards. James Conner, 5 carries, 19 yards with a touchdown. Yes, Just give it, sir. Give my man Bane Snell some carries. That's all, that's, all I, that's all I care about. <laughs> Not when James Conner's scoring touchdowns, Tory. Oh. You're listening to Red Zone Radio on Revolution 91.7. Matthew Hargrove, John Alden, Tory Bowling, Patrick Carey, Ryan Gooden, and our producer, Caden Gaylord. It's time for pickums before we get into our pickums. Give a little update on some WKU sporting events this week. Football, it's homecoming week. Saturday against Charlotte, 3 o'clock is kickoff. WKU Volleyball at MTSU on Friday. They're going to take on UTSA here on the Hill Sunday at 12. And then WKU Soccer, tough week ahead at North Texas Friday night and then at Rice Sunday afternoon. So let's get into it. Pickums. I'm not really excited to do it this week because I went way down in the standings. Let's take a look at the standings. John and Caden. Tied for first at 42 
and 17. Yeah. That's, we running that's away a darn with good boys. record. Uh, you got Harrison, 39 and 20, and third, or excuse me, Harrison and Ryan are tied for third at 39 and 20. Then you got Tory at 36 and 23. Who jumped myself, Matthew right. Hargrove, at a whopping 35 and 21 or 24? Four and six this week. Good job. <laughs> a little pat on the back for myself. This, I'm this out of tough. it. There's a lot of close games. Tank for uh, tank for Herbert. That's my motto uh, right Herbert. now. Tory went six and four. John and Caden went nine and one this past week. John, the game he missed was he didn't believe in the tops. No, I didn't. He picked Army. Caden did. He just didn't believe in uh, the Temple Owls. The Temple Owls. Or excuse me. Yeah, he picked Memphis over Temple. Temple won the game. That's yeah. right. That's right. Uh, so they went nine and uh, nine and one. Ryan six and four. I may have already said that. Harrison went eight and two. Harrison's going to do his picks later this week, so we can get them in the standings. But let's get to it. Charlotte versus WKU. Tory, give me the tops in a big route. Yeah, I'm going to go WKU. What about you, John? I'll take the tops. Ryan, uh, roll tops. Caden. Are we all just starting to believe in WKU now? We are. This is crazy. They got a big dub. And nobody it's, it's, nobody believed in them except me and Tori. You and don't Charles believe in the Gators, that so. That's true. Hey, listen, I was all over them winning last week. <laughs> I'm going with WKU. What about you, Patrick? Let's let's get your uh, take on the games this week. WKU, easy. All right, next game. Kentucky versus number 10, Georgia. This, this one on is in Athens. <laughs> Tori, are your Wildcats... Pulling off the upset. Um, well, Lynn Bowden, their wa star wide receiver, played quarterback this week, and they beat the Arkansas Razorbacks uh, with a whopping 88 passing yards. And uh, the so Arkansas Razorbacks, they did. And uh, Bowden, Bowden had like big two, time win. Bowden had like 200 rushing yards. Uh, all saying that, no, they will not beat Georgia. Yeah, they're not going to be. I'd be fine if they they're said, not going to beat. The I'd be Bulldogs. fine if they said, uh, "Hey, we got the swine flu. We can't go down there." Plus, it stinks. You're playing Georgia after they just, you know, yeah, lost that's a like that to South Carolina. So I'm taking the taking the Bulldogs. Ryan, I'm I'm tired of going out on limbs and saying that we're going to get blown out by teams because every time I say it, we it never happens. But uh, Georgia by forty. <laughs> I, I agree, Caden. This one's going to hurt to watch. So uh, just Georgia, Patrick. Oh, he's say it. Say it. Say it. Don't do it. Give me those cats. Georgia 10-7. 10-7. How about it? 10-7. Wow. That's a, uh, that's a shocker. Bold move. That's a hot take. Clemson on the road against Louisville. Number three, Clemson. Guys, do we all have? I'm taking the Clemmies. Yeah, but Louisville played good this week. They beat an undefeated <laughs> They played Wake good Forest. offense. They gave up 59 points to it, Wake Forest. It, all that matters is you win the game. You play to win Indiana the game. Indiana used to play shootout but football like the Big 12, and that worked out hardly at all for them. I think it was a fluke. Everybody has Clemson, though? Yes. Yes. All right, this next one, I'm going to try to hype it up as, <laughs> oh, as the best I can. The Tennessee Volunteers, <laughs> when it looked bad, they found a way to get a win against an SEC opponent against Mississippi State. Now they're hot. They are smoking <laughs> hot. Going against Alabama. I know Alabama's oh, number one God. against Nick Saban. I know. Look at you eating up the clock but right now. <laughs> there may be some magic in hey, this Matthew. Jeremy Pruitt team. 
Matthew. Alabama by 40. Alabama, Alabama by, by 50. John. By 90. Yeah, I'm taking Yeah, roll tide. Wasn't yeah, it, uh, roll tide. Wasn't it last year when uh, Tennessee scored like one touchdown and they flipped off uh, the Alabama <laughs> yeah. crowd? Yes, Something. interesting story. That guy went to my high school. Nice. <laughs> yes, like Rashawn yes. Golden plays for the Panthers now. <laughs> Next game, number nine, Florida. Against South Carolina, this one could get interesting. Tori, who you got? Uh, I'm going to go with Gators because I actually think they're a good football team. Yeah, I don't think South Carolina is going to pull off two huge time wins in back-to-back weeks. I'm going to go with Gators. Yeah, but if anyone's going to upset them now, I mean, like, the Gators are kind of off their high horse that they were on. I'm not taking the Gamecocks, but I think there's a chance I'm taking the Gators. Are you sure, John? I'm taking the Gators. I need points. I'm taking the Gators. <laughs> Kaden. Um, yeah, this South Carolina team is not the Auburn team from their uh, national championship year. So uh, go ahead and give me Florida. Ryan. South Carolina will be talking about this Georgia game Friday, the day before the Florida game. So give me the Florida Gators. Patrick. Florida Gators. <coughs> Next game. So far? Yes, they've been all sweeps. This one, though, I don't think it will be. Number 18, Baylor at Oklahoma State. Torrig. Um, I picked Texas Tech to beat Baylor last week. That didn't work out, so I'm going to go Baylor this week. I'm going to go Baylor as well. What about you, John? Yeah, I'll, I'll take the Bears. Well, I spoke too soon. Caden. <laughs> no, you didn't. I'm only going Baylor because they're ranked. Ryan. Wow. Okay, State. Okay, State. Our boy, Ryan. What about you, Patrick? Baylor, easy. Mm. Easy. Oh. Easy points for me. There you go. Thank you. Next game, Boise State. Uh, let's finish – Go a little quickly here. Boise State, BYU, Tory. Man, BYU was my team earlier this season. Uh, ah, this one hurts. Uh, give this me Boise State. Hard. I'm going to go Boise State. John. Oh, <laughs> I'm wanting to switch it up a little bit right now, but I don't think I can. Taking the Broncos. Caden. Boise State. Ryan. Boise State. Patrick. Boise State. Oregon, Washington, Tory. Oregon, Washington. Uh, that's another tough one. Um, you know what? Power of the Pac-12. Give me Washington. Oh. I'm going to go the Ducks. I'm also taking the Ducks. I uh, like you a lot better than Tory John. <laughs> Caden. Give, give me Oregon. And Ryan. Huskies. <laughs> yeah, he knows. He knows. I honestly think Oregon can break the curse. Nope. <laughs> Patrick. Future Cincinnati Bengals quarterback Justin Herbert is going to have a great game. Give me Oregon. Oh, that will break my heart. Arizona State, <laughs> Utah. Number 17, Arizona State taking on number 13, Utah at Utah. Tori. Uh, give me the Utes. That's a tough one. I'm going to go Utes. John. You know, give right. me the Sun Devils. i got to go on a limb here at some point. Give me All the right. Sun Devils. Caden. Well, I was going to choose Arizona State, but since John chose them, we're going Utah. Oh, he's trying to be a little different. Got to get a leg up on Got to respect it. Ryan. Uh, I'm going to go Arizona State. Patrick. Utah. Last game on the Pickums. Arguably the no. best game of the day. Which the Michigan at Penn State. <laughs> oh, Tory. Yeah, give me Penn State. Yeah. I'm going to go with the Michigan Wolverines. Okay. John. Penn State's going to run all over the Wolves. Hmm. Ryan. Is this the whiteout for Penn State? <laughs> I I would hope so. I'm not sure, is. but I, I wouldn't State be surprised if it's uh, – then I'm going to take Michigan. <laughs> wow. I'm going to have to take Michigan as well. Oh, man. Kate, I'm going two points on Penn you. State. That does it for this week's pick A lot of the same picks, but – 
There's a couple different makers that Michigan, in there. that Michigan Penn State game is uh, going to determine who moves up and oh, yeah. up and be, down the Penn rate. State's going to throttle. I'm, I'm that. We'll confident. see. Hopefully not for uh, for my sake. That is all for tonight. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at WKU Red Zone. And for myself. Matthew Hargo, Tori Bowling, John Alden, Patrick Carey, Ryan Gooden, and our producer, Caden Gaylord. As always, Go Go Tops. Tops!